Welcome back to another episode of the Fed and Fit Podcast. I am your host, Cassie Joy Garcia, and I am thrilled to be chatting with you all today and a very special guest. Her name is Adrienne Heronbrook. She is a professor of exercise science. She lives in South Carolina, and she is joining me today to talk about intuitive eating. I'm really excited about this conversation. Welcome to the show, Adrienne. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for joining. Adrian and I were chatting uh, before we started, we pressed record. I told her that there's a good chance you're going to hear babies and whatnot in the background. We have a full house over here. And even though I have one of the best editors, I think, in the world, <laughs> he, in case you don't know, I've, I'm going to give him a shout out. His name is Lang Freeman. And he does this more of as just a favor for me because he's um, a friend, but y'all ever heard the band sounds under radio they had a song he, he's probably gonna be if you if you well i know he's gonna listen to this part it's like oh my gosh i can't <laughs> believe you talked about that they had a song on uh the spider-man one of the more recent spider-man movies anyways hey lang thanks for editing <laughs> but even though he's amazing we have a full house and so you're probably gonna hear doors open dogs bark babies cry and all that good stuff in the background so welcome to real life today everybody okay <laughs> Now that I have that disclaimer out of the way, I am so excited to hear from you today, Adrian. This is a concept, intuitive eating, that I think I think it's becoming a little bit more abuzz, mm -hmm. and folks are getting a little bit more curious. We we nod our hat to it in the Benefit Project, but it's of course with you know a slight variation, yet, sure. right? Because there's all kinds of intuitive eating concepts out there and practices but I'm really excited to hear from you today. So before we get to some of those questions, I would love it if you would share a little bit more about your background, what led you to becoming a professor of exercise science, um, and really how did you begin eating your own, this version of paleo? Yeah, sure. I think this is a great spot to stop and hear from one of our sponsors. Today's show is made possible because of our friends at Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online marketplace on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. You can shop for thousands of the best-selling organic foods and natural products at 25 to 50% below traditional retail prices. Filter the catalog of products by values and dietary preferences, whether you are paleo, gluten-free, raw, vegan, or feeding a family. You can shop along 80 plus qualities, including non-GMO, fair trade certified, BPA free, and more. You can get everything you need, you guys, from non-GMO food, snacks, vitamins, supplements, personal care products, eco-friendly cleaning supplies, safe and non-toxic beauty products, kitchen staples, home goods, organic baby products, kid products, and much, much more. I seriously shop there for so many things. Thrive Market is giving you an extra 25% off your first purchase, plus a free 30-day trial if you head to the link thrivemarket.com forward slash Cassie. That's T-H-R-I-V-E-M-A-R-K-E-T dot com forward slash C-A-S-S-Y. That's 25% off the already low prices that Thrive Market offers over at thrivemarket.com forward slash Cassie. Um, so long story short, I mean, going way back, I grew up playing sports and just had a love for being active and being outside. My family always camped and stuff like that. So I knew going into um, college and into more of a career that I wanted to be around active people all the time. And so exercise science just was a super natural progression for me. Um, I, uh, a lot of people in my family are nurses and I love the science, um, physiology and biochemistry and all that, but I didn't want to work in a hospital. So, um, this was just a super natural transition coming from an athletic background. Um, 
And once I got into college, I like did not look back. I knew going in what I wanted my major to be. I never questioned it. Um, I just loved it the whole time. So um, after undergrad, went immediately and got my master's and then started working in the field in various capacities, um, you know, some with professional athletes, some more in like a cardiac rehab setting. So a big spectrum of activity um, in different uh, populations. So um, eventually I got the opportunity to teach some courses at a small college. And I mean, I remember actually the day I went home and told my husband, I was like, oh my gosh, I never thought a job could be like this fun, like this, this awesome. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I decided after that experience to, um, pursue a terminal degree and become a professor full time. So I love that. Um, so that's the career side. As far as my version of paleo, um, it's a very long and windy story, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest. Um, like a lot of people, I mean, I started dieting when I was young. Um, primarily, it was for sport performance reasons. And then I realized that I could manipulate my weight mm-hmm. and, um, you know, kind of went down the not so great road of restricting and um, then maybe binging after so long of restriction and just had some disordered eating patterns. Eventually, uh, along the way, I, I just started eating real foods. I just decided, you know, I'm not going to be a slave to any of this. And, I, and as a disclaimer, like I was never even like crazy overweight. It was always just, you know, like a 10 pounds here or there. It was yeah. never, um, it's just funny to think that someone who doesn't actually have a health issue can still mm-hmm. battle some of those mindset issues. Mm-hmm. So eventually I started eating more single ingredient foods um, and really loved the way it made me feel. And um, this was before I even knew what paleo was and, and just kept reading more and more and got into more of the paleo community, had friends that were paleo and learned a lot about it and almost took it a little overboard, um, got a little obsessive about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now over the last few years, uh, feel like I've finally found my kind of personal gray area of, um, what paleo means to me. And it doesn't need to mean what it doesn't need to look like it does for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I feel like that was really long. Does, That's a great yeah. note. That's okay. a great introduction. <laughs> I think it's really interesting Um, because that's, and that's so relatable because there's a lot of folks listening are probably nodding their heads and, um, and I've definitely had been on that yo-yo when I first discovered a paleo type way of eating, you know, anti-inflammatory, it made sense. There was also the appeal, if I'm being very honest, Mm -hmm. because I was addicted to, like you said, body manipulation and dieting. And I thought, oh, well, this is a healthy thing to do, but I can also manipulate (laughs) my body composition. Right. You say to everyone, oh, I'm doing it for my health. But in your mind, you know why you're doing it. You're doing it so that you can, you know, manipulate whatever it is that you want to. So, but yeah, now I feel like I've found in and I'm sure we'll get into this topic as we go, you know, just a nice, uh, I don't even know the word. I don't even want to use the word balance. So uh, the way I describe it is a gray area. It's mm-hmm. a completely unlabeled um, way of eating. That's just how Adrian eats. <laughs> yeah. And, um, that that's, um, well, I think you call it the perfect you plan. Yeah, exactly. In your, in your program. So um, yeah. 
I love that. Um, and, and you kind of already answered this, but how did, how did you really get to a point where you wanted to marry a discussion of disordered eating and intuitive eating within the context of health and fitness? Um, and has that come up in your classroom? Yeah, it has. So before I answer that, I do just want to give a quick definition, if that's okay, of intuitive yeah, eating. Yeah, please. Do. Oh, please do. That's okay. a great, great idea. And maybe even disordered eating. I just wanted to define them a little bit. Um, yeah. Intuitive eating is a set. I mean, it's a concept. It was, it was originally a book by Evelyn Triboli. She's a registered dietitian. And it has 10 principles. And basically the gist is listen to your body, which is super vague and was very annoying to me for many years because <laughs> mm -hmm. I didn't know what people were talking about, but, um, honor your hunger and fullness cues. Um, uh, honor your health with gentle nutrition, um, you know, respect your body. Um, uh, and just basically the, the whole concept is listening to your body mm -hmm. and not listening to diet mentality and diet culture. Right. So that's intuitive eating. Now, disordered eating, um, it's, it's any kind of behavior that could potentially progress into a clinical eating disorder mm -hmm. if taken to extreme. Um, and the one thing, this could be, um, you know, chronic restriction, you know, so like crazy restriction for a long amount of time. Um, it could be um, restrict binge cycles. Um, if anyone's ever binged, one of the classics uh, of, of a, a true binge is that you feel completely out of control. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's like you, you start eating and then you look up 20 minutes later and have eaten, you know, all the contents of your pantry or whatever it is. Yep. And you literally are out of control. So, so that's just to define those. Um, and I got interested, uh, you know, initially just curious, um, curiosity about my own story. Um, because I did have that diet background and I was like this all or nothing mentality, you know, that restrict or binge, like I'm either on or off, like it's not working. Mm -hmm. Um, and whatever working means, it's not working for weight loss, even if you want to do that, but it's definitely not working for my health. And, um, so I started just kind of diving into the concepts of disordered eating and, um, re you know, read the book intuitive eating and realized, oh my gosh, this is this is more in line with my personal values and what I feel like it actually is something that could work for everyone because it's individualized. Mm -hmm. um, and then like you mentioned, it is something I've seen in my classroom. Primarily it's funny because, and you may have experienced this too, being in the health field is actually really difficult sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like being in the fitness community, although I loved every second and still love every second, it kind of perpetuates um, some of the thoughts of perfection and the, the fact that maybe we can find this perfect diet mm -hmm. um, that's good for everybody. Mm -hmm. So um, I've seen that in the, the classroom, especially in the athletic population. So student athletes really struggle with this. Um, yeah, just anybody that has more of a perfectionistic mindset um, is definitely more prone, but that doesn't exclude other people. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like I didn't tie that up nicely, but um, I've, I've seen it a lot and the in people in the health realm. So even registered dietitians and nutrition therapists um, struggle because they know so much to not get obsessive. 
sense. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I was trying to mute my side so you didn't hear my squeaky garage door. No. Downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally fine. Real life. Um, no, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I, you know, I was having a conversation with, uh, <laughs> so noisy. I was having a conversation with Amber uh, Golden, who Link Golden, who works here at, uh, with me at Bed and Fit, and she is also a nutritional therapy practitioner. I'm a nutrition consultant. We are encumbered with the facts, and uh, and it's part of our job to stay abreast mm-hmm. of kind of all of the nutrition trends out there. Right. And one of the trends right now, to your point, um, is of course keto. Keto is oh my gosh, it's so hot right now. Everyone everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. And, and I, my opinion of it has not really evolved over the years. Um, as with all things, if it works for you, that's great. But I do not believe in the magic pill, right. um, for, you know, one size fits all. Right. And, uh, and, but it's interesting because it is, because it is so prevalent and because we, and we're having to answer to that because we're, we're being written to from so many readers mm-hmm. asking questions doing more research, it is hard not to be tempted, especially when I, me personally, I have a past of disordered eating that I overcame, you know, but it's one of those mm-hmm. things you probably always still, it's always still going to be a part um, of my life. Sure. And it's very tempting to slip back into that. And I had a conversation with her on Monday and she's like, what are you talking about? Perfect. You plan is, is what you do. And I was like, you're right. I forgot. <laughs> And it, and it makes so much sense. That's why we did that. Um, yeah. It's so liberating. But anyways, yes, it is a slippery slope. And I'm sure there are other practitioners listening that, are, that, uh, that can identify with that. So then how do you get the message out to love yourself, but also strive to be healthy? You know, that seems right. for folks listening, like it could be a pretty fine line to toe. And, and it is, and it's really hard. And, and I think now it's harder than ever. We're inundated with so many messages, um, whether you're a practitioner or not. I mean, and I'm not dogging on social media because I actually really love it. And I've made some amazing connections through social media. Yeah. But we have information literally like yelling at us all the time whether it's the TV or um, different people on social media or something we're reading or podcasts. I mm-hmm. love them too, by the way, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, we, we're just over, and this is going to sound bad, but we're kind of overeducated on some of these things or maybe not over overeduca- education is not the right word, but we're just inundated with messages all the time. And so it becomes really confusing because like you said, you know, we're supposed to love ourselves, but then we also want to be healthy. So um, how can we do that? And kind of the question that comes to my mind and uh, is, can I actually be paleo, but also be an intuitive eater? Or mm-hmm. am I just dieting? You know, but I, I'm telling myself I'm intuitive eating. Yeah. And for me, I think that it comes to, um, there's a couple of different things, but it's about listening to your own body and um, being honest with yourself. Um, because you can love yourself and find value, um, in your person, um, but also find value in feeling good and, um, being able to do the things that you want to do in life and things like that. So, um, one, one reason, one way I would do that is, uh, disassociating, um, Mm -hmm 
how you eat to um, necessarily your size. So some people have uh, heard of the health at every size movement. It's mm-hmm. kind of similar to the intuitive eating principles, but it's more focused on it's okay that we're all shaped differently. Mm-hmm. And it's okay that exercise, actually exercise, uh, we want it to be something that's actually fun and fulfilling, not just uh, the purpose of like weight loss or calorie burn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think figuring out what, um, what makes you able to do the things you want to do every day, Mm -hmm. um, is one of the best ways to strive for health. Um, because if it's not helping you live, then what's the point? Yeah. Because isn't the point like to live a really full life? Like that's, that's what we really, I think at the end of the day, that's what everyone wants because, um, just getting smaller, I mean, than our story is we were a small person. Like mm-hmm. that's not exciting, you know? Mm-hmm. But living a really full life and being able to run around with your kids or, you know, go on, go to Europe and walk around all these towns because you're fit enough to do that and you don't have to take breaks or hike different places or, you know, whatever it is that you want to do. Um, being able to do that, I think focusing on what you can do instead of um, just an arbitrary number I think is one of the best ways um, to kind of approach it. I love that. Oh, it makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Fab Fit Fun is a seasonal subscription box with full-sized beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. Four times a year, you have the ability to customize the products or choose to be surprised. This is a great way to indulge in some of the very best products that are hot right now. I really feel like these boxes help keep me current. They retail for $49.99, but are packed with premium products valued at over $200. I am always genuinely blown away by the quality of the products. You can use the coupon code FEDFIT, one word, F-E-D-F-I-T, for $10 off your first box at www.fabfitfun.com. Again, use the coupon code FEDFIT for $10 off your first box at www.fabfitfun.com. And something that we've talked about before here is long-term goals versus short-term goals. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not here to vilify anybody who wants to lose body fat. And I not try to make all. that, yeah, I try to make that very clear because sometimes that is the pursuit of health, right? Yep. In order to actually be well, body, some body fat may need to come off, but that is, but that's a very individual claim. That's not true for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there are folks to your point that they could, keep shrinking. Again, I was having a conversation the other day, um, keep shrinking following a certain protocol, but energy is zero. Right. So, you know, what's the quality of life there? And if that, if that becomes, what's the, what's the real goal and what are we at this? Is it to really fit into a size smaller pants or is it so that we can live vibrantly and be very healthy and have lots of great energy and those become our markers. And some of us, and I'm sure you're going to get to some of these, um, how to's, but having lived this way for a while, found, for example, my perfect you plan, which is a moving target, um, as body changes, you know, getting pregnant, nursing, and then, (laughs) and just aging in general. Um, that's going to always be a moving target. What's right for me. And there's some intuition that comes into that. Um, but, but my champion thing that I'm constantly chasing is how does my mindset feel? in this whole thing. Right. And, and that's yeah. a true marker of my health. That's the biggest piece that the biggest part of the foundation is, am I, am I happy, healthy, confident, and positive? 
because if I'm all of those things and I feel like I have good energy minus, you know, those random nights like last night where you get very little sleep, but right. <laughs> you know, cause those will happen. But for the most part is in our energy levels high and do I feel good? Exactly. And, and those are the best things to celebrate. And once you do find a real food protocol that works for you, I call it a protocol. It's not meant yeah. to be that prescriptive, but once you no, find yeah, once you find a plan that works for you, you realize that, oh my goodness, I, I do, you know what? The weight can come and go. I don't even care because I feel awesome. Exactly. And um, when you are actually listening to your body, your weight sen- tends to just settle mm-hmm. where like, it's just very natural. Like, yes. you, do you know what I mean? It just yeah. tends to settle and, and you don't, uh, I know some people they're like, well, I can like, put on five pounds and drop it really quickly. And over the time, over time, when you find a protocol, like you were saying that really feels good, you tend to not have as much variation too. It Mm kind of, your body is just like, I'm very happy here, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And um, it's very normal to your point about having differences in days. It's very normal to have some days where you feel like you want to eat more and that's going to give you energy. And Mm -hmm. then some days you don't. And so, um, Yes, I love I love the idea of finding something that's um, individualized and focused on what you want to do, the function and those long term goals. It's very very important. Absolutely. Okay, so I would love to get to some of your tips. So if someone's sitting here, they're listening and they're like, "Okay, Adrian, this sounds awesome. <laughs> I get it. I want to do that. I want to live that way. How the heck do I do it? What are what are some actionable things?" Um, that you can, someone can really put in their back pocket to try to chew on, think on, and remember. Yeah. So I, I thought about this for a little while, and the first thing that comes to mind, and this seems kind of funny, but is to drop everyone else's rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean you know uh, I'm going to drop all the rules and I'm just going to go, you know, eat pizza for every meal for the next two weeks or whatever it may be because I don't have any rules anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not about going crazy. It's just I don't have to live by anyone else's rules. And how I kind of think through that in my own life is what would you eat or how would you eat? Not just what, but how, um, how would you eat if you had never been told how to eat? Mm-hmm. Like if you didn't have these extraneous rules coming in from all sides and all having different opinions, mm-hmm. which is super confusing, how, how would you eat? Um, and I think, a lot of times that's going to look like for us, you know, that looks more paleo for some Mm -hmm. people that looks more vegan or vegetarian Mm -hmm. Um, for some, you know, and, and I think when you can start removing those rules um, you can actually, until you remove those rules, it's going to be very difficult to listen to what your body's telling you about the food. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very difficult. Absolutely. I think that's a really great point. Um, so that would be number one. Number two, um, when you are kind of working through this, I always um, encourage people to be curious about mm-hmm. foods instead of judgmental and thinking of everything you take um, in food, beverage, whatever it is, as an experiment. Um, so I'm kind of a scientist at heart, so my brain thinks in experiments. Mm-hmm. Um, but thinking of everything as an experiment and you don't know what the outcome is going to be. And that's okay because you're just curious to see what the outcome is. Um, and Mm -hmm. so, you know, you're going to eat, um, you know, this meal with this amount of, 
uh, meat or veggies or whatever. And how did that make you feel? You're just like, oh, hmm, that felt really good. I was super energized the rest of the afternoon after I had a really nice lunch. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, you know, and then you can just move on. Or, oh, I ate a smoothie this morning and I was hungry like two hours later. Mm-hmm. That did not keep me full. It was good, but I'm still curious about it. You know, whatever it is, just being curious and um, trying to learn something from how different foods make you feel, I think is a really good way to be more intuitive and, and um, figure out what works for you individually. I love that. And I, that's actually something that we do uh, walk folks through after the project. We get, you know, working towards that uh, perfect you plan, which again is a destinationless journey. Um, but, yep. you know, working them through that, we, we walk them through how to enjoy things, how to enjoy what others might be perceived or perceive as hiccups. Right. getting there, right? Let's say your daughter, I use this example a lot because it's one that's actually come up several times, but um, my daughter's getting married. Do I eat the cake at her wedding? You know, what right. do I do? Is it going to throw me all off? Am I going to be off the bandwagon? Have to start all over. Right. And, and it's to your point, what we, what we encourage is, oh my goodness, if you want to eat that cake, eat that cake mm-hmm. and, and don't feel guilty about it. Use it as to your point, a curiosity point and see how is my body going to react from this and and let that empower your journey, not disempower it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's really, really wonderful because having curiosity about foods definitely takes a lot of, it takes a huge element of that guilt associated with disordered eating out of the equation. Agreed. Yes, absolutely. Um, So after those, the final thing, as far as uh, listening to your body, because to me, again, I feel like that's very vague in some ways. Uh, it mm-hmm. says exactly what you should do, listen to your body. But right. I heard that so many times over the years when I was in a diet mentality and I was like, well, must be nice. I don't even know what that looks like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and people will say, well, if I listen to my body, I'd eat 10 cookies for breakfast. It's like, actually you wouldn't, but, um, mm-hmm. but I understand your viewpoint. So instead of using that, the word I like to use is honesty. Mm. And if you can be honest with yourself, it doesn't matter how pretty or ugly the truth is. Mm -hmm. If you can be honest, you can really start to have some breakthrough. Um, Honestly, how does this cake make me feel? Mm -hmm. Honestly, how do these vegetables make me feel? Mm -hmm. Honestly, how full does this make me? Maybe I'm not getting full enough. And so at the end of the day, I'm like very hungry. And so of course I want to eat all the things. Um, and just being honest about everything that you, um, that you do throughout the day, honestly, even you can apply this to working out. How does this workout honestly make me feel? Mm -hmm. Am I just doing this elliptical for an hour to burn calories or do I really enjoy? And this feels really good to me, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so I think at the end, if we can just be honest with ourselves and everything that we do, um, and I think we try to do that in other areas of our life, but for some reason we want someone else to tell us what to do with our health and wellness, Mm -hmm. um, because it seems easier and it might be temporarily easier to follow someone else's rules, but, um, in the long term, it's going to be virtually impossible. Um, and so, yeah, honesty would be my my number one there for sure. I love that. That is so great. And that's a great distinction. Yeah. 
between just listening to your body and being honest about what your body is telling you. Because absolutely, if you're in the throes of a sugar addiction, it's, it's very easy to justify, well, my body's telling me I need to eat all the cookies. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Or, or if you're in the throes of disordered eating mm-hmm. and you're like, actually, you know, I don't, I don't want that food. Mm-hmm. Well, do, like, you know, or whatever it may be, that restriction could be your body saying that, but it could also be, you know, I know people who have talked themselves into, um, glucose sensitivities and stuff like that. And a uh, uh, glucose mm-hmm. sensitivities. Um, gluten. Gluten sensitivities. <laughs> yeah. Most of us handle glucose. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, gluten sensitivities. And I understand that many people do struggle with that, mm-hmm. but not every single person on this planet struggles with it. Right. And yep. so, um, I think it's, it can be very easy to convince ourselves that something, that something is bad for us, quote unquote, bad for us. Um, mm-hmm if we've heard it enough times. And honestly, that's a psychological thing that we do, right? We read and listen and follow people on Instagram that confirm mm-hmm. our bias. Mm-hmm. Um, confirmation bias is a thing. And so, which I don't think is necessarily bad. You know, it's okay to have beliefs and and, and be in a tribe or whatever you want to call that. But um, you, yeah, honesty at the end of the day, I think is definitely going to help shed some light on it. That's wonderful. Yep. I think that's great. At the end of the day, it's more important. It's, I think a good distinction too is the object of the game is to eat more foods, not less foods. It's not to restrict mm-hmm. down to the four things that are benign. And that are like perfect, right? That's that one are, of the problems. Exactly. It becomes um, another term. It's in a disordered eating is like orthorexia, where mm-hmm. you, you're pursuing a perfect diet. Mm-hmm. It's science doesn't know what that is yet. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, and honestly, I don't think it ever will. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. Um, I think like you said with your project, it's an ever evolving target mm-hmm. um, right now. This is great for me. Um, now we'll, you know, we'll reevaluate as the days go on. If, and I'm, I'm going to continue to be curious about the foods that I eat and see what, how they react. And mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to be honest and, you know, continue to only do what feels good to me and not be swayed by uh, extraneous rules, you know? Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's wonderful. Wonder man, what a great conversation, Adrian. This is perfect. And I think it's coming out so much fun. And I think it's coming out at a really good time. Um, there's, there's a lot of, uh, very tempting programs out there. And I think it's good. I think there's a lot of people here. We, we know, right. We probably have figured out by now that it's, most important to do the harder thing, which is to follow a more intuitive type eating protocol or eating program, mm-hmm. you know, just, just eat to eat for our bodies and understand that there is no magic pill, mm-hmm. but it's hard because we also want to stay abreast of evolving science and see, Oh, did they actually come out with a perfect diet for the exactly. human race? Um, and, and I still believe I still hold true, even with all of the things coming out about, for example, keto, and this is not to dog on keto. Um, I'm just hearing a lot of it because we're getting a lot of questions. I still don't believe that that is the center of the bullseye for everybody. Yeah. Um, so I think that it's this was a really, really great reminder for everybody out there. No matter what the, the plan is that um, we want to throw ourselves into, I think it's really important at the end of the day to remember you are an individual um, in so many ways. And the things that are going to nourish you and have you feel the best are going to be very individualistic. So 
Awesome. awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the call today. And on it the was podcast. so fun. Thank it was, you for having me. Oh my goodness. It was so great. You have such a refreshing voice in South Carolina. Is that where you're from originally? <laughs> I'm from Tennessee originally, but oh, I've been, from- yeah, I've been in the South most of my life. Well, all my life. So yeah. <laughs> I just love it. Um, well, that's so fun. I really appreciate you taking the time. It means a lot. Uh, and if anybody has, uh, wants to continue the conversation when this post goes live, you can chat, well, you're listening to it, so it's live. Um, <laughs> you can head on over to Fed and Fit the blog and uh, feel free to leave a comment there and we can start a conversation. But thank you again, Adrian. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Everybody else, thanks so much. We'll be back again next week.